I'll just want to start burning everything down again. Before you start burning everything down, welcome back to the Space Oddity Collective. I'm your host. Just with flames, <laughs> fire. There is no human torch yet in the MCU. We we have to we have to stick to what we got. Gasoline. Gasoline will work, but but still, <laughs> let's think of Captain Carter and Star. Let's think of them for this next 35, 35 minutes. But <laughs> but as always, welcome back. Um, you're getting the grown-ups. I'm putting air quotes, grown-ups, because we're going to be total children through this whole episode. Uh, I mean, you are getting the old, immature people oh, yeah. for the first half today. Oh yeah, part one and two. Um, this is not going to be a review. This is more of our reaction to Marvel's What If. But if you want to hear our old um, episodes of discussing the Marvel TV shows, we have the Giant Catcher of Robots review of WandaVision and Captain the Falcon Winter Soldier in our podcast feed, the Space Oddity Collective podcast feed on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud. Go listen to them. I'm still shook that WandaVision got more hits than our Captain. Well, I should reframe that, rephrase that. The final episode of our Captain uh, Captain America and the Falcon Winter Soldier. Well, God damn it! I say Captain Just, Falcon. <laughs> yep, mm-hmm, it's fine. Falcon and the Winter Soldier, the last episode and our last episode for that review. Got big hits, but WandaVision was was steady throughout. So I mean, I'm just I love Falcon and Winter Soldier, but like as rewatching them again, and I'm just like, yeah, just I feel like WandaVision kind of like edges it edges it out. Like I enjoy Captain. Oh, God damn it, Falcon and Winter Soldier more than WandaVision. I, I I think I'm getting I'm gearing towards more away from the fantical and just more of the grounded stuff. And I like the subject matter that Marvel actually started to fucking talk about finally. But enough about those okay. two. Yeah. It's, That's cool. But enough about them two. We're now talking about what if. Cap with uh, part one. A one two. One two a one-two punch. Um, a great... I felt most people were mixed. I, 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 want, I want to get your view on that. I thought it was... I love... Uh, the animation took me a while to get used to. But my God. The background is... a Like a, an acrylic watercolor painting the backgrounds of fucking... For Captain... For Captain Carter itself was just... Chef's kiss. I gotta give. I really liked. I love the animation styles. I feel like the first episode was sort of like that, dipping your toe into it, Mm -hmm. you know. So they didn't want to go like too wild right out the gate because, like, it was. It was still. It was such a good episode, but yeah, it was like it was just fucking first Avenger. But just with Peggy, yeah, like they instead of it was like they had to um, condense <laughs> First Avenger to like. Well, like they didn't even really need to condense it because it like 
I mean, my one main issue with the What If series is I want more of it. Like, I'm like, these 30 minutes are not enough. Like, give me at least 45 minutes or an hour because you've got so much stuff you can do here. Um, But, like, even with, like, Captain Carter, Mm -hmm. I loved that episode um sebastian stan i love him but he's clearly not a voice actor um still still love him but like voice acting not his forte and that's fine because voice acting is vastly different from regular acting and not everyone can do it um just ask uh emmy award winning actor from game of thrones whose name i just blanked on fucking Tyrion. what the hell is his name <laughs> that played Tyrion. god damn it i just saw he was the, uh peter peter mm. peter dinklage no, peter peter dinklage there we go we found it we did it <laughs> team up <laughs> um I, the, he got fucking replaced on a video game yeah uh because he was so bad so it's not for everybody it, it's not a ding i'm just saying like it's a different type of of work so you're not it's like a whole different job you're not gonna be good at and every job you ever do but yeah anyway um i should start off well i should have started off right off the bat but i did not um keep on going um, i have the list of the voice cast from episode it, one um but yeah like i love that they still included like incorporated um pre-serum steve into it but then it kind of also made me mad but i'm like okay so like then peggy carter could have literally had a bigger presence in first avenger instead of just being the girlfriend (laughs) quasi girlfriend one kiss and that's it like she could have been. She could have been a bigger part in that. If freaking pre serum Steve can be the first uh, quasi Iron Man well, with I, a, the Hydra Stomper. Well, I've no, I, I felt like it was reversed, where Steve became the the boyfriend to the hero, as opposed to. But it wasn't. It was like. It wasn't because he was still like apart. He was still there with her, like fighting where she was like behind the scenes, sitting in movie theaters, watching like him do all the big bad work and just being like, Oh look, he's carrying my picture. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, oh, I thought we were still talking. I thought we were talking about the cartoon. You was talking about the actual f- movie, the movie, movie. Oh, sorry, sorry. I, I wasn't, I was. I blanked out because I was looking for the list of the voice cast, and I did. I, mm-hmm. I, I missed the part you was talking about the movie, that specific part of the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah I do agree. I do agree with you on that. Um, but like just the scene where she was so excited and amazed that she flipped the truck. Like her whole first big action scene mm-hmm. was amazing. It was so beautifully shot. Um. And it was just so much fun. Like that knee break. That Ooh. was one of the things I think we had missed out with First Avenger Two. It was just like the fun yeah. because, like, here she is. 
hugely trained, like, no way, shape, and head, like, she, I feel like, would be the superior Captain America, because she actually had training, whereas Steve Rogers failed at doing push-ups and basic training. Like, they call it basic training for a reason, because it's fucking basic. Um... And he just went straight into it, but I, that's why I like the Russo brothers. It's nothing, not, not a knock to Joe Johnson. The first Avenger was really great. I felt first Avenger could have benefited a little bit more time because I do agree he just got his powers and went straight into being Captain America. Wow. Yeah, it was like he got his powers, and then it was like montage. And- but that was still like early days Marvel. And Russo Brothers like, uh, and Steve. And here's the thing though: Stephen McFeely, um, McFeely and McFeely and Stevens, if I remember correct, um, they was like, yeah, that's why we made sure that he talked about he actually trained after Avengers, <laughs> so it looks like he knows what he's doing. Hence, when we got that, I still feel in the Winter Soldier. When Steve was taking out all those guys, and he went to that one, this one random dude, Steve, you killed him. You was knocking the shit out of his head with that shield. The wall to the shield, the wall to the shield, again, then a knee to the face. Dude's dead, Cap. He's I mean, dead. that dude that he kicked off the boat is dead. <laughs> like, that intensity... It, it was like the, the animators went for the intensity from the Winter Soldier and brought it over here because when when Captain Carter came right in, she bro- deservedly so, she broke that dude's kneecap. I was I yeah. I heard that snap. I was like, ooh, I should not be hearing like, that in the cartoon. I should not be hearing that in the cartoon. <laughs> but isn't like the just the joy on her face? Yes. For being like as strong as she is and like finally being able to like I mean she was badass before but like obviously now that she's got the the serum um she's just like I'm fucking unstoppable um oh, and, the and it was just it was so great to yeah to see that that joy so again like I still love the first Avenger mm-hmm. like this is just the nitpicky stuff, but mm-hmm. like just to see more of like Steve being happy that he doesn't have like fucking fifteen different ailments that he's not like in chronic pain or like gonna die from a sneeze. Like we like see that. a funny joke about him not knowing how to run, and that's about it. Like um, something that I I just had the I, I didn't catch until the rewatch. They killed off Tommy Lee Jones' character at the start of it when when it yep. was getting ready. I was like, I did not notice it on the first go around, and then I had to rewatch it. I was like, oh, he got killed off. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh shit. I was like, okay, okay, okay. So this is definitely. I was like, we're in it. We we definitely in it. Um, then Jeffrey Wright, who is the voice of Walk to the Watcher, man. This dude is... A, I, we, everybody keeps on saying... Um, what's his name? Uh, who played Lincoln? Oh, my God. What's Daniel Day-Lewis? Yes. They keep on saying he's a chameleon of an actor. Jeffrey Wright is the true chameleon of an actor. 
like look at his catalog leading up to now where he's now commissioner gordon he's going to be voicing batman for uh for a, a radio show a podcast show and now he's the watcher for marvel i hope they bring him if when we get the fantastic four and they're going to eventually do the galactus storyline i hope they bring jeffrey Wright back to voice the watcher because i mean i feel like they sort of have him locked in and like i mean there's can you say this sentence and then when they hear that that buttery voice just like yes he's our watcher i so i like that they have him sort of like super not superimposed but like he's got the galaxy look to him like we haven't seen them fully face on because like we did in guardians too would you stop interrupting me when i'm talking and i'm mid-sentence and i'm doing my point okay. and then like you do that a lot sorry so saying i like in the what if show that he's just the outline and so the galaxy so you don't really see him he's just the galaxy because they were fucking terrifying in guardians of the galaxy 2 um did not like the look of them uh obviously they're gonna it's i'm gonna say it's gonna be hard to translate them again since They've already been translated, but, like, they were just very terrifying in Guardians of the Galaxy 2. So I kind of like the sort of, he's just watching, he's just part of the universe. Like, I know it's more probably just for the aesthetics, but I like those aesthetics. Um, because it's not some dude with a giant fucking head and all white eyeballs staring at me. I can talk. Yep. <laughs> Sorry. Um, if you want a preview of why I'm doing that, make sure you listen to part two. It has to deal with Spider-Man. Um, so here's the other voice cast besides Haley Atwell and Sebastian Stan. Josh Keaton, former voice of Spider-Man, voices Steve Rogers in this one. Samuel Jackson returns. Jamie Renner returns. Stanley Tucci did come back. I think that was an audio clip for Stanley, Stanley Tucci. I don't think that was actually him. Literally just had one line before he died. Yeah. So I think that was an audio clip, but he still had to um, actually give credit to the actor, <laughs> no matter if it was an audio clip. Um, Dominic yeah. Cooper came back to voice um, Howard Stark. Someone who I knew was him, because the way how the character looked and just the voice, it was Bradley Whitford as Colonel Flynn and Bradley Whitford knows how to play a fucking jerk I love him I have loved him since um oh god not Happy Gilmore um Mm -mm, Billy uh, Madison yes Billy Madison yep just and then of course like his fantastic run on West Wing just He's fantastic. And Cabin in the Woods. Get out. Like, 
should just do a whole Bradley Whitford episode. I don't know. I think it'd be a fi- I think that'd be like fifteen minutes because I only could think of Scabbing in the Woods, West Wing, and Billy Madison, <laughs> and now this. Because <laughs> oh, that's right. Because you still haven't watched Get Out, you weirdo. Yeah. Um, Russ Marquand returns to voice Johann Schmidt, the Red Skull, doing an excellent job. Neil, Mac- Neil McDonald returned as Dum Dum Dugan. Um, for also like two lines <laughs> I know for two lines and I'm like it is kind of like, cl- like even like, in animated form like they don't give a shit about the how like the howling commandos they're just like yeah, yeah. Just there. and um sorry my brother was like Neil Madonna is also a voice actor he's probably used to this he did a DC show where they needed Green Lantern I mean Green he was Green Arrow for Justice League and he was in the start of the episode. He had two lines, and that was it for the whole episode. He was gone for the whole episode. He is like he is your standard like character actor mm-hmm. slash voice actor. So like he's just that guy where you're like, I know you. Yeah. How do I know you? And then you go down the rabbit hole of like, oh yeah, I've seen you in like everything. fucking everything. Um, there is an episode of Legends of T- DC's Legend of Tomorrow where he's the villain, and there's an episode called Return of the Mac, and literally that song comes on, and they're in the Viking. The le- the heroes are in the Viking era. They're literally fighting Vikings with the song Return of the Mac comes on, and Neil McDonough, re- uh, his character Damien Dark, emerges from hell and comes back. What the song crescendos. I'm like, this is the most extra DC comic show I have ever fucking watched. But Neil McDonough is that A plus character actor. Um, Toby Toby Jones returned as Armin Zola. SNL alum Daryl Hammond um, came, um, revoiced that Nazi general who. Said he was going to take care of Sharon, um, Captain Carter, and she broke his kneecap, kicked him in the balls, and knocked him out. I thought he was the one that um, dude both stabbed. I'm gonna have to go. I watched it twice. Everybody told me that was the guy that Captain Carter kicked his ass. I probably be wrong. Um, Brick was voiced by Isaac Robinson Smith. Don't know who you are, but hey. You did good. So, overall, great start, I think, to the What If show. Again, it was, like, the little just dip because, like, that one change wasn't, like, huge. Like, there were the minor changes, like, the small ripples that changed, but, like, overall, it wasn't to me like a huge massive change whereas like well, episode two was like this one change well I was is saying, gonna have massive changes for you like i was gonna say i feel there's some significant changes um bucky doesn't die um red skull actually dies i'm like good get fucked 
Um, Tommy Lee Jones' um, General Stanwyck? Swanzik? No, Swanzik was in Man of Steel. Tommy Lee Jones dies. Um, and Becky goes through the portal. It seems like it was just like a flip for her. It was like she was literally in one timeline. And now she's forward in the future just like that quick. Um, but still using the same line as um, Chris Evans at the end of First Avenger. So I'm going to give this reaction, this this episode, I'm going to say... I'm gonna give it a. I'm gonna give it a four point five. The art, the the is the background art. Just it looks. If it's computer, if it was done by computer and not by hand. Four point five out of ten. Yeah, four point five. No, four point five out of five. Okay. Because I was what I was gonna say was if. Is Why are we doing five? I'm not going up to ten. I'm, I'm, I've been sticking with the five system for this whole entire summer. I'm going to stick with the five system. Once again, you can follow me, um, Desi is Dead, on Letterboxd, where I do reviews there as well. Um, yeah. And I watched the whole Fear Street trilogy. But we're not here talking about Fear Street. We, like um, Nina said, part two. <laughs> Star Lord. I give it an eight out of ten, because we've always done out of ten. I don't know where this five came from. It was part of the GCR. The GCR is dead. This is the Space Oddity Collective. <laughs> Get with the times. Don't steal it out of ten. That's fine. Anyway, moving on to episode two, where one slight deviation has massive ramifications across the whole entirety of everything rather than just one tiny little change here and there that we saw in the first episode. Mm -hmm. Um, Massive changes. I like that line where, and I'm paraphrasing because I I should have wrote it down, um, when T'Chaka was telling him, like, humans by their nature always regret... um, revert back to their basic basic lesser instincts in terms of um, violence. I was like, you hit us with the most profound... This episode hit us with the most profound fucking quote ever. I'm like, isn't it the people who worked on Rick and Morty? Like, I need to watch Rick and Morty. They're coming up with this profound shit even in a Marvel show. I'm like, damn, he's right. And like I said, I paraphrase... I didn't write it down. I should have wrote it down because that was actually a good fucking line. Um, and like you said, that deviation instead of T'Challa's um, urge for adventure to learn more of the outside world, so he can be essentially a better human. And the ravaging. Oh no, I was gonna say. Uh... Oh my god, Michael Roker. I legit forgot the fucking name of his character. <laughs> Yondu. Yondu. God damn it. We are, we are, I did not smoke tonight, and I'm pretty sure Benita did not drink her fancy wine. I didn't, now. So, we, like I said, you're getting the old peoples today. <laughs> oh my god. It happens. When you get older, you tend to forget things. Even as a comic book fan, you tend to forget things. 
Um, now, I will say this. We had Sebastian Stan in the first episode, whose voice is still kind of wonky. I, no offense. Sean Gunn? I don't think he does VR work either. It seems like he's just, like, yeah, he's playing the character, but he's just, like, reading the lines. What do you think? Uh, can you say that again? Because, sorry, you were kind of sounding, um, like, kind of going in and out and a little robotic. Okay. My connection is good. It better be not this brand new fucking $80 mic that I just fucking bought. Can you hear me now? You're still going a little robotic, my dude. Oh, come on. The internet is fine today. How about now? Okay. Okay. It has to be, it probably OBS. Um, I can't edit this out. Um, I was talking about Sean Gunn and his VO work is kind of similar to Sebastian Stan. They're just acting instead of just being the character that they are. That's how I felt with Sean Gunn in this episode. Oh, yeah, I feel like he was he was better than Sebastian Stan, but yeah, you could kind of tell that like he's like I'm either like acting or like mo capping and I don't speak. So like this is a little iffy, but yeah, like he was probably the weakest link, but like it's also still a very strong chain, like Everyone, I think, in this episode did a far superior um, than, like, the first episode mm-hmm. uh, in to- terms of voice acting. Like, Michael Rooker sounded, like, maybe a little bit in the beginning, but then he, like, kind of just got right into it. So it was, like, maybe it was just, like, at first it was a little, like, wonky for him, but, like, he picked it up pretty pretty fast. Um and, like, I just, I love that you could feel, like, I'm always amazed when they do this in any, like, animated shows. But, like, the chemistry between Yondu and T'Challa, I was like, how the fuck, how, like, how is this possible? Like, I love them together. The They're so adorable. Them. And I just, I want more of it. Well, it's the power of Jack. Like, uh, sorry, even Drake, but it was the power. It's the power of Chad with Bozeman. Every actor he always works with, they always says how good he is to work with, and the chemistry that just comes off of him. And yeah, we want more, but it's that that unfor- we're not gonna jump towards the end of the episode yet. It's just that unfortunateness that what happened last year. This uh, pretty much this time last year. Yeah. And it's like that. It's just like the sinking thing. Like, oh man, this is his final MCU appearance. Technically, even if it is just voice, it is his final appearance. And he just worked well with every single person on this episode. He worked with, and just like he did such a great job. And like, he f- like don't get me wrong. Absolutely loved him in Black Panther. But like, and I feel like I feel like there's. Uh, 
so much more. And not better way to say this, but like he felt so alive at this performance, like really like pushing it through. Whereas like even in Black Panther, like or not Black Panther, but like um Civil War, mm-hmm. like he was still so good in Civil War, but again it was also like with Michael Rooker doing like voice acting for the first time, like maybe not fully there yet, like still like a little like unsure mm-hmm. of exactly what he wanted to give out for the character. Um and then found his footing in Black Panther and then this one was like, I fucking know this shit. Like this is fun. We're gonna have so much fun here and like just fucking knocked it out of the park. Um I'm gonna have the um and I was reading a report and he was this really makes me fucking sad and I don't I part of me don't wanna see um Black Panther um Wakanda forever. He had plans to bring this version of T'Challa into Black Panther. Yeah. Reading that report, I'm like, <sighs> there and then, um, because it's just he, there was a joy to this performance that I think was just kind of missing from the other ones because obviously, like, he had the drama of like failing to protect his father. But also, like, he was still, like, one of the best fucking Avengers. But, like, then from moving, like, to that, to then having to lead Wakanda, like, he didn't have much time for just, like, enjoyment <laughs> in those movies. Yeah. You know? Like, like he- it was, like, jumping from one shit show to another. And in this one, he was just, like, free to have fun and help people. Like... Yeah, he was. Ugh. It was like he had to be, re um like the his appearance. He had to be more reserved, T'Challa, while making jokes, like snide jokes here and there. Like the my favorite scene in Black Panther is when she was like test out the shoes and then kick his um kick his um his new suit, and when he went flying across the room, he comes back up. You better not be recording that. Delete that video. <laughs> <laughs> like those jokes I was like he he has it in them and he just probably was like after he did this voice he was like he probably called up the director whose name escapes me now Ryan Coogler thank Coogler? you yeah, yeah yeah there we go thank you thank you for being my backup he was probably yeah. like yo let's put this T'Challa in this movie in this sequel yeah yeah um like but like I just I loved the absolute joy of this episode. I love that it was a fucking heist episode because I just, I'm such a sucker for heists. Like, heist movies generally always fun mm-hmm. for me. Because, like, they could be anything. They could be, like, fun comedic takes on heists or they could be, like, serious. Like, thing. Like you could go so many ways with heist movies. And I just, I love them. Um, uh, the, but the, to just, to just hammer home the fact that anything a bitch ass white dude could do, a black man could do 10 times better. Um, cause like they did, they did, I feel like this episode 
really hammered home the fact that, like, just what a shitbag, like, Chris Pratt's Star-Lord is. Yeah, that... I... I hate this interp... I hate this version of Peter Quill in general because I know we can't... We've been saying this all the time. Not everything can be 100% adapted from the comics. Peter Quill in the comic... Well, no, actually, let me stop that. Now, in the in comic in the Marvel Comics proper, Peter Quill is acting like the Peter Quill of the movies. But Peter Quill in 2013... No, 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 no. <laughs> he was serious. He was like... If he was like Captain Kirk and fucking Spock all in one person. Like he really leaned more into his alien half until and then his hum, um, human half. That was how Starlet was in 2012. Then when we get Guardians in 2014, we started getting that version of Star-Lord in the comics, which is like... He's... <sighs> He just comes across as like a giant child. Tony Stark without the intelligence. Like Tony Stark Iron Man one. Like douche bro. Uh, he's Extraordinaire. More, more douche than bro. <laughs> um Um But like just he's I mean, I feel like this is just ground I've already trotted over again, so don't want to go down that. Let's go hole, down. But like, let's, we know. Let's go down the. Don't place. like. I do not like Star Lord in the MCU. But like, if it was to try a Star Lord, like, give me that shit all day, every day. Because well, like, yeah. He like. Oh, I just. God damn it, this episode was just so good. So, I loved the reverse take where uh, What's-His-Face was a big fan of Star-Lord and knew exactly who he was. Or, uh, yeah, thank Gi- you. Um, and so T'Challa is just like fucking adopting people left and right because he's like, okay, you can join the team. And then the biggest what the fuck was just <laughs> Goddamn Thanos! Just strolling up and be like, "Yeah, I'll tell you, Ravager." Now, Tashala's my king. It's cool. It's cool. And Call him Captain. He's gen- my king. It's fine. It's not genocide. It's balance. It just like the whole th- they had that running joke throughout the whole episode about him. And his genocidal plan, and I loved every fucking second of it. I loved every fucking joke about it, because it was hysterical to me. And it also just, again, showcases how many problems in movies can be averted if you just fucking communicate. Yeah. Because no, like, you look back on all the Marvel movies, nobody ever fucking talked to Thanos. No. I mean, I guess you could like say if you squint and like turn your head, you'd be like, "Well, Loki technically talked to him," and I'm just like, "Yeah, but he was also technically getting tortured by him." So, like, obviously, like maybe who knows? We don't know the full story. Well, um, we went over our time. 
We always do. Yep. But um, before we go, here is the voice the voice cast of this one. Returning once again is our lead is our um, lead into all these what if episodes. Jeffrey Wright as the Watcher, Chadwick Boseman as Star Lord T'Challa, Karen Gillan, Gillian, Gillan, Karen Gillan, um, as wow this version of Nebula. I like this version of Nebula. Michael Roker as Yondu, Korath is voiced once again by John Hansu. John Candy returns the voice as um, T- uh, King T'Chaka. Josh Brolin did come back as the voice of Thanos. This one, they kind of made everybody go like, holy shit. That was Benicio Del Toro voicing the Collector. That was not another voice actor. That was actually Benicio Del Toro. Kurt, yeah. Russell, Kurt Russell actually did come back for that quick little snippet, which I was kind of surprised that he would do that, but he did. Sean Gunn, as we talked about, um, returns as Kraglin. Chris Sullivan did oh. return as Taserface. What was that? Well, I was just, just going to be like, I'm not surprised that man hasn't made a movie since the last Guardians of the Galaxy movie. I think he's being more picky and choosy what he does. Well, no, he's in the fucking Fast and Furious movie, so never mind. Um, Seth Green. Oh, was he in the movie? Um, uh, yes. We're going to go down that rabbit hole anyway, sorry. Yes, Kurt Russell's in the um, in the Fast and Furious movies now. Um, Seth Green did come back to voice Howard the Duck. That was a fake out when they said he did not return. He's actually the quack, well, he did not do the quack food. He was more important on um, Happy Hour. Denai Gaguerra did come back for Okoye. Um, Ophelia Lovey Bond did return as Karina. Carrie Coon, I'm surprised. I was legit. Carrie Coon came back. When she came back, voices Proxima Midnight. Um, pretty much the actors from Endgame and Infinity War came back to play um, the Black Order, so which means Ebony, um, the actor for Ebony Maw came back. Um, Fred Tascatoy, this girl around voiced Drax, and he came back to voice Corvus Glaive. Um, Maddox Robinson, this time around, voiced Young T'Challa. Um, voice actor Brian T. Delaney, who voiced the male um, character for Fallout 4, and he's currently going to be voicing Green Lantern for Injustice Gods of Among Us, the animated movie. Voice Star Lord. Um, Tanya Wheelock voiced the only female Ravager. And Deborah Wilson is also um, one of the um, Dora Milaje in this episode. And also a little callback. She's also the voice of Okoye in Marvel's Avengers The Game. While um, Kratos' voice actor, Christopher Judge, is voicing T'Challa. I didn't play that game. Don't worry about it. It's a really shitty game. But um, apparently the DLC is good. And they did commemorate to Chadwick Boseman because the stunt actor for Chadwick Boseman did all the stunt work for the Marvel, well, the motion capture for the game. And he also talked about how Chadwick Boseman would speak um, as T'Challa, which helped Christopher Judge find that voice. And then we'll, we'll definitely end off this episode with what they dedicated to Chadwick. They said, our friend, our inspiration, and our hero. 
I think that's a good way to end that What If episode. Tune in next week when we go into Nick Fury's Avenger Assemble week. That's going to be very interesting. But also stay tuned for our Friday episode of the Space Idea Collective where we um, talk about all the craziness that happened this past week. Spider-Man and the Eternals. So much good shit. Oh, you giving this a 10 out of 10 as well? Yeah. Okay. I mean, I wish we could have talked about it more. Well, we can in another variant episode. Uh, There's so much to talk about. <laughs>